So we're basically the Forrest Gump of the fitting industry. We are. Forced. I'm not mad about it. No, I can deal with that. Life's like a box of chocolates. That's fair. Well, yeah, especially <laughs> especially these days, you do never know what you're gonna get. <laughs> Welcome to the sixth installment of Fits with the Founder. I'm your founder, Nick Sherburn, and I'm here with Cassie. Not your founder. Not, yeah, but director of marketing. Yeah, I mean, that's a thing. It's a thing. I just didn't found anything. Well, yeah. <laughs> Not yet. You help keep us on the rails with our marketing. Uh, most of the time, yeah. I, it's getting more and more challenging every day, Nick. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. You're not wrong. So, you know, with that being said, I mean, listen, it's May. What is it? It's May 11th. This will probably come out later, but holy smokes, it's May. The weather's turning. The stores are slammed. Yes. So unbelievable. And we're about to open more. We have another one coming up this month in New Jersey. Oh, Monmouth. Yeah. West Long Branch. But yeah, Monmouth County. So that's, I mean, we just keep adding (laughs) fuel to the fire. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, we're going to continue to do that. I mean, the, the business is strong and, and, you know, more and more you golfers, out there realizing that the importance of getting fit for your golf clubs and making the investment, making it done. And I'm going to keep preaching it. Uh, you've heard me preach it a long time. I'm going to keep doing it. And so we're going to keep opening stores to get you there. So, yeah, I mean, I think what's the goal? Something like 100 by the, in the next couple of years? I, I, don't, I don't I don't do goals because every time I had a goal, <laughs> I had a goal 20 years ago to do one. And then I had a goal to do 30 and then I had a goal to do 50. So I just decided goals are nothing because we're just going to plow through those goals and keep going. I, that's both optimistic and pessimistic at the same time. <laughs> I don't know how to deal with that. Uh, yeah, well, you know, it's uh, every time we think we've uh, gone far enough, we always go, you know what? Let's keep going. Kind of like what uh, the, the Forrest Gump. He just started running and he just kept running. I guess that's fair. So we're basically the Forrest Gump of the fitting industry. We are. Forced. I'm not mad about it. No, I can deal with that. Life's like a box of chocolates. That's fair. Well, yeah, especially <laughs> especially these days, you do never know what you're going to get. Um, let's see. So what's going on? We just talked about a little bit of a new store. Um, situation. We have a couple new demos that I'm actually really excited about. Adele wedges for sure. Yeah, there's there's some good products coming to the stores right now. Adele, yeah. So for listeners that maybe don't know, David Adele, he's, you know, one of these mad scientists, you know, <laughs> in the back room of a machine shop, you know, trying to scheme up the next best thing to make you play better golf. And he makes everything from golf clubs to training aids. And he does some pretty cool stuff. But he just came out with a new wedge fitting system that I think is really cool. Um, you know, you're going to get to try a bunch of different shafts. You have four different grinds. And I, the coolest part about it that no one's ever done, and he's the first to really do it, is being able to change the center gravity of the wedge. Yeah. So there's three weights in the back. And you'll be able to, the fitter will be able to change the weight to change the center of gravity. And it's amazing. I mean, I, you know, I still see things that I don't think are, you know, going to be new. This is new because when we started playing around with this, I mean, when you got that center of gravity right for that person, their ball speed and their their ball speed went way up and then their spin rate went way up. So yeah. they're spinning the ball more and they're just nipping it. And so I'm really excited. And they got these big, nice fitting bags in all the stores now and you can go in and do that. That's awesome. And then what else? We have Triple Diamond from Callaway. Callaway launched their Triple Diamond series, which is always their tour inspired line, which they come out with usually after the the original release line. So you have your Callaway Epic Speed, Triple Diamond and Triple Diamond LS. Um, basically tour inspired, a little bit more tour look 
looky, smaller kind of platform, not necessarily by the CC size, but just how it looks to your eye. And then you're gonna have more neutral center um, center gravity. So that's gonna draw the center gravity a little bit more forward. Still gonna be forgiving, but you're gonna get a little lower spin, more workability with it. Yeah, and that's one that we're actually going to take a look at more in depth in our quick hit series on YouTube. So if you guys don't know, um, we're not just podcasters. We also have video content as well. On the Club Champion YouTube, we basically take those new products like the Triple Diamond. Um, we'll probably do the Adele wedges as well, just because it is such an interesting system. Um, and we just do a quick like two, two and a half minute video breaking down the design and the specs and why people would want to get fit for them. So you can see a little bit more about the Triple Diamond if you aren't really sure what Nick means by tour inspired. Yeah. And the, the cool thing about that product is it is a little bit of a limited product. So you're not going to see that at many stores. You're going to see it only at custom fitting places and primarily Club Champion. Really cool offering. And for the more discerning golfer, I always say, because that's usually what it is. Somebody wants to work it, have something a little bit more tour inspired. It's something to look at. For that's sure. for sure. Speaking of tour, so as of recording, the most recent PGA Tour event was the Wells Fargo, which Roy McIlroy won. He did. Which is great. I'm, I'm always glad to see Roy in the winner's circle, but it was kind of a slow tournament, though. Yeah, overall. I mean, there wasn't a lot to it. I, I think I proved my point because I was sitting there. It was Mother's Day, and, and I had a bunch of people over to my house. And, um, you know, my dad looks at me and he goes, who's uh, who's who's Keith Mitchell? And I'm like, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> That guy needs a face tattoo or a mullet. Oh, my God. But, or suspenders. Uh, or he needs suspenders. Well, or suspenders <laughs> or something. No offense. Played great golf. I'm just saying he's been on the tour for like 10 years, Dad. But, yes, I get it. You're not going to pick him out of a lineup. Um, but, no, Rory played well. I think the coolest part about that, actually, that we might be looking over is he went back to his old irons. Yeah, I was wondering if you were going to bring it up because yeah. our methodology would suggest against that. Yeah. But it actually was – he just – it worked better for him. And he – what it was – I think it was I disagree with that. See, I think these guys, I always say this because I've spent some time on tour and it's the old days of thunder. You build it. I drive it. And so they get paid to play all this new stuff. That's what they get paid to play. And, and obviously these people spend a lot of time or OEMs. I shouldn't call them people. These OEMs spend a lot of time to try to make sure that they're going to have stuff they play. But when you're playing at a level like that, when you have that perfect fit. It's tough to change, but they got to change because it's the dollars and cents and the sure. marketing and all that. And so, you know, that set worked for Rory and it was fit perfectly for Rory. And he went back to it, especially when you're in a blade like Rory is. Yeah. The odds of it being a whole lot, it's, it's very minute differences, but hit 75% of his greens in regulation, which is pretty crazy. I and mean, so, insane. Yeah. And I guess apparently I just learned last night I was watching ESPN or whatever I was watching. And I apparently had like a neck issue the night before and he was he was going to maybe even pull out of that tournament. I had not heard that. So good thing he didn't, I guess, because uh put Rory right back in the winner's circle. I think he won like two other times there too. Yeah, it's he's familiar with the course, yeah. yeah. And he got to go out there with his baby and his wife and all that. So it was like a cute moment for him to be in the winner's circle. It isn't, you know, I lose track of everybody's um, outside of golf. I didn't know that he was married and <gasps> I didn't know that he had a baby. So that I learned that on Sunday. Too. I, I only knew, I didn't know the, about the baby until after the baby was born, but I knew about the wife because they met when he was running late for an event and she was she had to call him to be like hey you're gonna miss your tea time so that's literally was, how they met i thought he was dating a tennis star he was for carolyn wozniacki i believe is how yeah so she's engaged or pregnant or something she's got something great going on in her life now but they were together for the longest and then they broke up and then erica who's Roy's wife now. Um, yeah, they they met by some random fluke where he had to like get out of bed and not shower and run to the course. So as you can tell, I know nothing there is to know about <laughs> golf in their lives, but likely I work with Cassie so she can keep me up to date on this. Um, I'll I start guess reading I bring People some Magazine value. or something. Yeah. I, I don't think Roy McElroy's in People Magazine. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
I'll have to come Tiger up with Woods. something. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he probably makes it in there. I, not for the best reasons. All Another the tournament we had uh, last week is I played in the member guest with uh, owner of VA Composites, Victor Fable. Oh, boy. Yeah. Little, me- <laughs> little, say- <laughs> little member guest action. I say that dejectedly, but it's because I know there's going to be an alcohol story or something involved. <laughs> well, no, I mean, listen, we, we did our we did our job with that. Um, our caddy absolutely thinks I'm the most insane person on the golf course in the planet. I actually, you know what? When I see a shot and I think I can sh- I can hit it, just let me hit it. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. That's one approach. I'm going to put it out there right now. If I see a shot, just let me hit it. Now, that caddy would get on here, and his name was Wedgie, by the way. Awesome. Wedgie, yeah. Wedgie, as it, that, that shot goes through the first tree, then hits the second tree, would look at me and go, why won't you listen to me? <laughs> Well, we'll get that into discussion because I still tell you I'm going to bring my my for the caddy that I use the most on this show one time and we'll have some fun discussions about me on the golf course. But you know what? We played pretty well. We were in the second flight. There was like 16 flights. It's a 30. They have 36 holes there. It was a big event. And so we were in the second flight. And one thing I learned is I don't play enough golf to keep up with some of these guys in these better flights. <laughs> uh, I do definitely have the best golf clubs, which keep me in contention. But uh, I definitely don't hit as many balls and I don't play as much. And it showed a little bit. We finished uh, one stroke out of the playoff. But, um, you know, we had fun and Vic took a nap between the two on the putting green. And oh, pretty typical, God. you know, for him. Just, you know, I'm a little sleepy and take a nap right there on the putting as one does. Yeah. I don't know how his wife, Heather, who also works obviously with the VA shafts, I don't know how she deals with it. She's a saint. Yeah, she's very difficult. Um, she has a very difficult job. She's not very difficult. She's had a very difficult job. I would say she's the dealing. chillest person I've ever met. <laughs> I think the best part about that weekend is, and some people may have saw it or not on social media, is I might have done a TikTok dance. Oh, good God. What, so which which one? Can I? I, I don't know. Me. I don't know which one. It's on the VA Composites um, social media, but uh, little to know. I not only planned this member guest, but it was my wife's birthday weekend. So oh, no. I brought her with, and uh, you and know, she was okay with that. She was okay with it. Okay, good. She hung out. Uh, the for you that don't know, this was down at Pinehurst, and uh, and that's where it was. So she did the spa thing and whatever, and um, she's pregnant as well, and so there was a lot of things going on, and I got her to go do this, and so that I could play golf. Of course, right? <laughs> so Happy and, Mother's Day. And drink. Yeah, right. So for her birthday, I said, you know, what do you what do you want for your birthday? She goes, and she's a huge TikToker, huge TikToker, gets lost in TikTok all night. Drives me nuts. Same. I just think people are tracking you on that thing. But anyway, they're on this TikTok and she watches all this dance. She goes, I want you and Vic to do this dance. And I'm like, wait, what? And she's like, I-, I want you. She texts me this TikTok. And so I look at it. And I'm like, oh, my God. Now, Vic has a 13-year-old, 12-year-old daughter, Sophie and Livy. And so I said, OK, this is what we got to do for her birthday. So, you know, I go, Soph, live backyard. And she, they took me and Vic back there, taught us this dance. It took us like 50 takes. <laughs> I was worn out. I was sweating. I was huffing and puffing, but we got it, and it was still awful. Um, but she loved it, but you and did I it. know exactly why she wanted it. Not only for a good laugh, but she also wanted to hold it over my head for a very, very long. One hundred percent. Which so you telling the entire world about it on this podcast is trying to take some of that power away. Absolutely. I see what you're doing. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I tried to be as open as positive as possible about this experience, just because I know what she's going to do with it. It's going to wind up on the club champion social media. You just wait. <laughs> I just, I just have to text your wife and be like, hook me up. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay, so 
<laughs> moving away from that, we uh, we actually have a really um, interesting guest today. We're going to be talking to Angelo from Sax Parente. So we're going to talk to him a little bit about him, his background, um, kind of the company and how it came to be. Um, and, you know, Nick's going to have a few questions for him, which is going to be great. We'll see if Nick pronounces his last name right the first time. I doubt it. I absolutely won't. Nope. I'll butcher it and then try to make a joke out of it. Interesting enough, I mean, most people probably don't know what Sax Parente putters are, and you're going to hear a great interview on it. But we were sitting here and with our producer, Danny. And what did Danny say? <laughs> he was doing research yeah. on Angelo or something. Yeah. So we were looking up just to have some context for the interview, right? So we wanted to make sure that we knew Angelo's background and whatnot. And um, we were looking up the different models that Sax Parente offers. And one of them is like a really a thin kind of, you know, butter knife, old school blade putter. And Danny made a comment. Our producer made a comment that it looks just like an axe from Lord of the Rings. And dude, he is not wrong. <laughs> he is not wrong. I can't, I will never be able to look at it d- the same way again. Well, you know what? That axe can help you, possibly help you make more putts. So we'll get to Angelo and see what he says. Awesome. So we have a fun guest today. Um, we have Angelo, and I'm not sure how I'm going to pronounce that. Papa, Papa, <laughs> Papa? What is it? It's Papa Derekis, Nick. Yeah, Angelo Papadurakis. So I close. <laughs> <laughs> Very close. And he is the vice president of sales of Sax Parenti Putters. And so, you know, we wanted to get on and talk about Sax Parenti because I think a lot of our listeners probably have not been introduced to the brand. And uh, I think it's a really cool technology. I think Cassie does too. And so yeah. want to get in and learn a little bit about you and, and let our listeners into the the life of Angelo, but also the brand Sax Parente. Yeah, well, Angelo, thanks. kick yeah. us off. What tell us about you? Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me, uh, Nick. Uh, you know, it's a it's a pleasure to be part of the club champion uh, team in terms of you know sales. Uh, we've just been really, really happy with how everything's been going and being able to introduce our our putters uh, to everybody that comes into a club champion. So first of all, thanks. Um, yeah, you know, I, I've been involved in the golf business for probably a little over 10 years now. I came in on the technology side of it, really. I, I had a passion for the game and I wanted to get better. So I kind of thought about what technologies could help me out. So I, I kind of got in on the sensor side and, you know, went, went down that path for a while. And then Actually, Steve Sachs is a friend of mine. Uh, we've known each other for as long as I've been in the golf industry. And he was telling me about one of his ideas uh, that he and Rich Parente had come up with about bringing some new technology to putters. And when they showed me what they had, I, I was immediately, you know, like, sign me up. I want to be part of this. So that's really how I got involved with Sachs Parente. But You know, I think what's cool is, and I think people always wonder, like, how do I get into the golf industry? And, you know, what does it take to be in the golf industry? What does it take to do this? And, you know, I think one of the cool things about Angelo is when I first met him, like, he doesn't really, you know, scream the golf industry because you came from a pretty diverse background. I think, what, were you a lawyer and a futures trader and all these things before actually becoming a golf industry guy? Yeah, you know, I I started out actually out of college at the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, where, you know, if any of us has seen, you know, the old movie trading places where, you know, people are yelling and screaming. And I loved it. I, I thought it was one of the, the most fun places you could ever land. It was just like constant adrenaline flow. But I, I also wanted to have a fallback position, so to speak. 
And that's I, I went to law school, uh, came out and did uh, criminal defense work, which is quite an immersion into the world of law, uh, but never really left my ties uh, at the futures business and became a trader, a broker and a trader. Well, one of the things about the futures business, you kind of had a lot of time when you weren't trading. You know, when the bell rang, you were done for the day. And I, you know, I played a lot of hockey, but I realized hockey, you know, does kind of have an age limit of some sort. And I got back into golf and that's really where the passion developed. I just, I, I loved playing golf and thinking about golf and it kind of segued to me getting into the golf business. I, I came up with a product and started, you know, making my network and making friends in it and realized it was a place I really wanted to be. See, I love that because you know, people all the time ask me, you know, how did you get into this business? How did you get, you know, what club champion, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, my brain goes, I don't, I, can I even answer that question? I don't even know if I know the answer to that question, but you just said it, it's passion. You know, you get passionate about something and before you know it, you make all these decisions that you didn't even really think about. You're just like the passion drove you and boom, there it was. Yeah, that, that that's exactly right. And, and you do have to have a passion for it because, you know, I think we were just discussing right before we, we started uh, on the air. Once you're in it, the, the golf part of it kind of goes away a little bit in terms of how much you can play and get out there. But because you're immersed in something that you really enjoy and like talking about, it, it makes up for it because you're in the world of golf. Absolutely. Yeah. Nick so, just said the, the easiest way to play less golf is to work in the industry. So, but at least we get to be surrounded by it every single day. And it's so funny because a lot of times when you're dealing with customers on the outside, they're like, oh, that's so cool. You're in the golf business. You must get to play so many great places. <laughs> and, no. And anybody? No, not so much. Actually, that would be debatable in my case, because if there's one thing I will do, and it's the joke around some customers, oh, my club must not be good enough for you. Um, you know, I it, it, hey, I only get so many rounds. So if you invite me to Pine Valley, I'll make it. But if we're going to go <laughs> play, you know, down the street at Cog Hill, guess what? I've played it 500 times. No knock on Cog Hill, love it. But, uh, you know, I have those limited rounds, so I'm going to use them where they need to be used. I, I think that's well played. I think that's very well played, Nick. So, you know, I think we should get into the putters a little bit because I think it's, you know, I don't even know. I, I'm a tech guy, so I love the tech story. and We'll get into the tech story, but I don't even know if I know the whole history. You know, I I, I kind of know Steve Sachs. I know Gene Parente. Tell us how this whole company was formed and, and, and how it was born. Okay. So, first of all, there's, there's Gene Parente, who you know. Uh, Gene does golf labs, does a lot of testing on equipment. His dad is Rich Parente, who, along with Steve Sachs, is, is really the, the two names here. Rich Parente, and just give you a little background on him, was the founder of Old Hickory Golf. He then partnered with a very famous person, Ely Callaway, to form Callaway Golf. And, and Rich Parente was the first president of Callaway Golf. And he and Steve Sachs have been friends for... I don't know, 40 years uh, in San Diego. Steve Sachs grew up in San Diego. Uh, Rich and, and Gene both lived there as well. So Rich had an idea, and it really started there. He and Steve were talking about, you know, we've seen technology come into so many facets of the golf game, you know, with game improvement irons, uh, how drivers have really become so much more forgiving. He said, what can we do from the putting angle? So Rich literally hand-carved our first lightweight grip out of cork and then cut down a graphite shaft. 
to approximate a lightweight shaft and put it on a standard head. And, and the theory was, if I can bring the balance point down, we call it ultra low balance point, will it help the golfer? And so they started trying it out and they were amazed by this, this pendulum motion that you get with an ultra low balance point and how much easier it is to putt and how much more consistent because you've taken the, the need for manipulation away. And that's really where it all started, Nick. It started with an idea of how they could help golfers get better. Now, for me, like the part that I think is cool about that and what a lot of people don't know is, you know, we've done testing with golf laboratories, which wouldn't you say is like the gold standard of third-party testing in industry? Almost every company on the planet goes to them to get third-party validation for their product. And here, you know, one of them is is creating products. So I think that's a cool part of that story as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I... I've actually, I remember when I was in San Diego, I went and visited uh, Gene at his facility and it, it was literally a sod farm where you could just perfectly flat grass as far as the eye could see because he could test every aspect of that, you know, that club that he was testing in terms of launch angles, distance, rollout, things like that. And it was, it was literally right on the border. Actually, customs four wheelers were going by us as we were working out there. And then you know, Rich Parente, his dad, who, who's really come up with this, has been in the industry so long, Nick. He's seen the progressions. He understands the needs of golfers. And, and Steve Sack, same thing. He's been with multiple companies, the last one Rife, but he's, went, he's been with Goldwyn, you know, and the things that they've done there. So these are people in the industry that understand, once again, what the golfer needs, what they can do to help them get better. And it just makes really for a great story to see them still wanting to participate, you know, in what we call the industry. So you, you kind of went after it a little bit there with the, the ultra low balance point, but you know, let's, let's, let's bring it down to the listener level of what, what is like, what is the science behind it? What is kind of the techie stuff behind it that is ultimately going to help you putt better? Like, you know, ultra low balance point, heavier head makes sense, but what, what causes um, the things to happen that get the different performance. So one of the things, Nick, and that that's exactly what we talk about all the time. We talk to people about our putters and I always tell them, look, pick up one of our putters and I want you to hold it by the head and hold out that shaft parallel. And you're going to find that it, it's very lightweight through the shaft and the grip and people go, okay. And, and I say, now flip it around, put it in your normal grip. And they go, wow, I can feel the head. And we go, yeah, exactly. Right. You, you can feel what you're supposed to feel, which is the head. So that's how it starts. But when we boil it down is how does it make it easier to putt? Because right away, that's what we're all after. Right. We want it to be easier and more consistent. What it allows, Nick, is when it when it becomes sort of this weight at the bottom right? The ultra low balance point. It's very much like a pendulum, right? If you take a a string and put a weight at the bottom, just this very slight movement to get that in motion, it becomes this very repetitive motion over and over and over again. Well, it's the same thing that we tell our, you know, our, our golfers can happen with a sax Brente putter. If you just make the motion, right, you keep a nice light grip on it. It's going to want to get square and release every time on its own. And, and that takes away that need that, you know, we, we hear it a million times with golfers. I couldn't get the toe to release on my putter today, right? We've heard Tiger Woods say that how many times? Well, 
our putters always do that. And so when you take the need to manipulate away, now you're freed up, Nick. You're thinking about, you know, how far away am I? What's the break? What type of pace do I need on it? Not, oh, I'm clouded up with thoughts of manipulating the putter. And, and that's when you see that independent testing that, wow, they're more consistent, their rollout, their aim, their accuracy. So for the, you know, obviously this isn't a live video. So, you know, for listeners that may not have their putter, I'll dive in and help you out a little bit. And I'm going to have Angelo kind of do the, the technical stuff, but their putter is this a graphite. It has a graphite shaft. It has a super lightweight grip and then this heavy head. What kind of let us know what, how heavy is the head Angelo? So uh, the, the thing that's interesting is the head is really a tour weight head, Nick. So it's 365 grams. So, you know, compared to what, let's say, you know, some of your other brands, it's exactly in that realm of, of tour weight head. So it's, it's not a heavy head in the sense that we added a ton of weight to it. It's just that we took the weight going the other way. We took the weight, as you mentioned, out of the shaft. We have a composite shaft and a super lightweight, we call it a featherweight grip. So very much a head weight that you'll feel comfortable with. Like we say, we don't want it to feel like you're swinging a manhole cover. So that's why we went with a standard weight head, but took the weight out of the top to make it really noticeable. Uh, you know, that you could feel it and, and get a sense for where your head is going. So, and then you have some different designs. You have more of a mallet style. You have more of a, a classic um, answer style. You have an interesting one. I don't even know what you would call that. Maybe like a blade, like an old school blade style. Um, talk to us a little bit about the head designs and what you come up with on on that and what, what drove you to those styles. Because I will say, I think most people, when they see at the store, they don't necessarily always notice the shaft and grip difference right away until they grab it right but they they notice the head style is a little different than the average head you pick up off the shelf at a, a big box store yeah that's a great point and we we love sort of the classical shapes so like you mentioned the blade and, and tell you the truth nick that was the first one i ever saw so i went out to california and steve's like all right i, I want to show you this and i'm like oh my god it, it's you know the old thin line blade like you see like on an old reel you know from like the 1960s or something you know that uh, somebody might be putting with and then I started putting with it and I was like oh man I can't believe this thin blade putts this well it's so forgiving it's so consistent so what we did is we said let from from a company perspective let's take a look at we'll call them classical shapes but then add the sax parente performance we'll call it package to it. So whether it's the the tungsten weights that we put on the heel and toe to bring up the MOI, the face forward design that we try to bring in all our putters. So so we like to blend. We we always look at performance first and then we look at that that sort of classical styling or that sax parente take on it like you said that looks different than everything else in the corral and and then, you know, present it in a package where the golfer's going to not only go you know, to his friends, Hey, look how, look how this looks, but look how I'm putting with it. And, and so we like, we, we like to balance those two things together. So, um, you know, the other thing I think that's interesting and, and, um, I'm starting to see a little bit more of it. Um, as I, as I've been watching, I've been getting a little time to watch a little tour. It looks like you got some guy, uh, guys and gals out there that play professional tours using the putter. Um, why don't you give us a little insight on some of the people using the putter out there on tours and, and how they got into the product and, and how they, they foresee, they, they see the product. So we've been really fortunate, Nick, because people, when, when they talk about putters, it's, it's very personal. So you can get them to at least try things. 
and, and, you know, go through an experience where, where they're trying different putters. So we had uh, two people out before, unfortunately, you know, the pandemic hit. We, we had people out on the major tours, uh, both the PGA Tour, the Champions Tour, and the LPGA. And one of the first people that was introduced to it was Ken Duke. And, and Ken Duke, or for those of you know in your, your audience, he's been on the PGA Tour for 20 years, uh, a guy that's won a few times. Uh, a really nice ball striker, struggled a little bit with his putting, and now he's been on the Champions Tour for a few years as well. And Kenny was was struggling. He was 87th in putting, and our rep uh, had a nice relationship with Ken. And it's like, Ken, just try it out. I, I think you're really going to find that it's nothing that you've put in your hands before and, and see what it can do for you. And Ken took it out, and he went from 87th in putting to third and has literally been such a fan. Matter of fact, at the PGA show in 2020, right before COVID hit, we, we still had an Orlando show. Kenny came to our booth. It's not like we paid Kenny. Kenny's like, I just want to talk to people about it because I believe in it so much. And so that was our first one. And then uh, there are two twins, uh, Kristen and Jenny Coleman, uh, who play between the Symmetra and the LPGA. And actually, Jenny Coleman, this was uh, in March, uh, got a third place finish. And she's using a 54 uh, MVA. So that's our mallet putter, the one with the, uh, the three stripes on it. And as a matter of fact, I, I was almost jumped out of my chair. She made a bomb for a birdie on 17. And she got solo third. So it was a big thing for us. So we're, we're starting to see, you know, where the pros uh, pick it up, get a feel for it and understand that it's making them that much more consistent and, and bringing them, you know, what they need, right, is bringing their strokes down around uh, around the greens. Well, what, what was Ken Duke? 91st to third? That's pretty darn good. Yeah, I take yeah. that. Yeah. So Ken, and, and like I said, he's introduced it. There's uh, other guys on the champions tour now that uh, have been picking it up and using it. And, you know, they, they just see what a difference it makes, Nick. And you know, as well as I do, right. We always talk about stats and, and I know we want to talk about this in the, in the fitting realm. Well, stats don't lie. And, and when you see a, a huge move up in your own statistics and putting, you realize you're the same person. So something has made a difference in those to make them better. Yeah. And don't forget Louise Ritterstrom. She's also, she's uh, works with you guys and she also works with club champion as well. That's right, Cassie. And I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't get to Luis. Luis has actually been featured in a, a few things between club champion and Sax Parente. Yeah. Uh, and, and actually in our commercial as well. And Luis uses a, a 54, which is another mallet as well. She uses the one with the standard stripes. And, you know, the same thing. We, we make two different versions of alignment systems for our 54 because some people like the, the nine-line system that we have because it, they feel like they're getting a lot of direction towards uh, their aiming point, where other people's, you know, like a, a few less lines. So that's the reason we built them uh, both those ways. And, you know, Luis, once again, just a great player, uh, a, a wonderful ball striker who saw that she needed help on the putting side. And once she picked one up, she actually picked it up at Sherwood Country Club, which is uh, where we filmed our commercial and, and said, yeah, this this is something I need in my bag. So yeah, I, 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 I'm usually the one that'll make a big comment that they'll probably cut news at the beginning of this podcast when we tease it. <laughs> but, so, so like for me, so I always like, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a product guy, right? I love product, and you know, you guys, you guys tracked me down for a year. We finally got the product in the store and I'm, I was still just like, not too sure. Like I got it, but I didn't get it. 
So, you know, as it gets in the store, I'm playing around with it, but I'm also surveying fitters. And I think that, you know, here's what I hear all the time. If you're a good putter, it's a great putter still. But the, I always hear from the fitters, the worse the putter, the, the putty is, the better Saks Perenni is. So I guess that's a testament. I know you probably like want the, the single digits to go, no, I want to use that putter too. Yes, they should use that putter. But I guess what I hear is if you really struggle with putting or you have a stroke that's very unique or wild, they I hear a lot of the fitters say Saks Perenni. Put a Saks Perenni in their hand. And it probably has to do with that low balance point. That's what it's got to be. Just causing their hand, you know, not making their muscles do inordinate things that they were doing before. So... That's what I hear, at least. Yeah, and, and you're spot on with that, Nick, in, in terms of taking the manipulation away. And so a good putter, matter of fact, we, we had a guy who went to uh, your store in Las Vegas, and he told me, and, and this is kind of an interesting way to put it, he said, if I didn't know it was a putter, I would swear it's a training aid. That's how much better it's made me as a putter. And I, I love that, the way he put it. But for the, for the good player it just makes you better, right? Because once again, it frees you up and, and it, it takes away that thought that somehow I have to manipulate it. Now, good putters are pretty good at manipulating their putter. So they've at least achieved a certain level of manipulation, but imagine how much freer it is not to have to think about it. And then people that struggle with putting, as you mentioned, you know, whether it's a wild stroke or some type of uh, inconsistency, well, now We've taken you from the realm, and I hate to, to compare it, but remember when, when people love the anchored putter where they could put it on their sternum and, mm-hmm. and because it made them consistent, it took away such of the, you know, like you said, the wildness of their putting stroke. Well, what our putter allows, you know, in a conforming way is for you to get back to that consistency because it still wants to behave like a pendulum all the time. So I, I agree with you. It, it just really helps people of all levels when they're, you know, when they want to get better. Okay. Yeah. I didn't offend anybody. Great. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, I, I have a next question cause I think I might've saw, I'm not, you know, I'm not cruising the, uh, the interwebs all the time, but I think I was cruising something the other day and I saw maybe there, you guys might be working on something new. What, what can you tell us? Uh, I know you can't give away everything, but what, what can you tell us about what's coming around the corner next for sex? What's next level? Well, well, Nick, your, your interweb searches, uh, are spot on. Yeah. We're, we're coming out and, and actually it's in prototype right now. It's in Kenny Duke's hands. Uh, it's, it's our new gunmetal series. So it's uh, a carbon steel and it's going to be in, uh, probably to start with, you're going to see it in a flange blade. So more of that, that sort of answer style putter. It's a way to introduce people to ultra low balance point, because what we're finding is, you know, people love different shapes and, and different looks. We want to make sure when they're doing that, they're doing it with an ultra low balance point putter because we, we don't want people to, to not have the opportunity to get better. So what we're starting to do is we're going to come out with, we'll call it our gun metal series. And you're going to see some classic shapes again. And uh, this, the sorbet carbon steel look, same thing right around 365 grams in the head. So tour weight head. And then the ultra low balance point composite shaft and the featherweight grips. So I think it's going to be some shapes. If any indication how the guys on the champions tour are talking about it, I've, I've actually had people texting me going, okay, I saw the 99 in Kenny's hands. When can I get one? So if it's any indication, I think customers are really going to like the look and the feel of this butter and the whole series. 
So I guess one of my last questions is, is we should let the listeners in and, and I'm terrible with pricing because if it works, you should just buy it, not ask questions. Um, but maybe I'm biased, but, uh, what, what does a sax perenny cost for the listeners out there? So our starting price is $399, and that comes with our standard composite shaft and our featherweight grips. We don't charge anymore. We have three different options for grips, and it goes up to $479, Nick, which is our uh, a little more advanced materials, the, the two material putters. But you'll also find there's some different options, and, and certainly when we talk about fitting, and especially with Club Champion, we always want to talk about the importance of fitting whatever piece of equipment you're putting in your hands to, to where you are in your golf game. So there are different shaft options available with a Sax Brente putter. Uh, they are made out of a uh, carbon fiber, which is a really, it's, it's lightweight. It's really strong. And what I always talk about is it gives you a little different feel characteristic that sometimes people want. They're, they're going to get a little more transparency into their hands It might have some uh, stiffer torque characteristics. So we made them for all different fields. And and it's not a question of your skill level. Like Ken Duke, depending on the green he's putting on, sometimes he likes a a little bit softer feel, a little bit more of a a lagging between the hands and the head. He'll use our standard shaft. Sometimes he feels like he's got to plow through the grass a little bit more. He's going to go with one of our carbon fiber models. So we do have the ability, those go up in price. But to start with, when you're when you're coming into a Sax Parenteri putter, they start at $399. Yeah, I, I mean, I, just golf shafts and in, in, uh, putter shafts in general have just become a real hot topic of everybody trying to create them, whether they're heavier, lighter, stiffer, weaker. But I definitely think, you know, your technology is very cool and people should just be open-minded to anything that could help them putt better. And I think you definitely have a, uh, a different angle on it than any other person I've ever seen in the market of creating a putter with this ultra low balance point. And, and I'm a big fan. Well, well, thanks, Nick. And you know, it all comes down to, you know, making sure that the golfer is in a piece of equipment that fits them. And I know that's what club champion is all about is you want to give people the best opportunity they have to play a good game. Cause after all, when you're out there and, and it's working, I mean, there's nothing better. I know we all love to complain, you know, when Mo, if I had only made that one more, I could have broke 90 or 80 or whatever you were going for. But you know, you're giving people the opportunity to be the best golfer they can be. And, and that's what we try to do as well at Sax Parente. That's awesome. Yeah, you guys uh, you guys kind of just did it all yourself. I didn't even need to be here. This is the least amount of work I've ever had to do on a podcast. Thank you so much, Angelo. <laughs> awesome, Cassie. This is great. I really had fun. Thanks, awesome. Angelo. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we learned a lot about the product. And, uh, you know, if you're out there listening, make sure you come in and get a putter fit and check out those Sax Parente. Great. Thanks so much, you guys. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Fits with the Founder. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to support the show. And if you want more equipment content, follow Club Champion on Instagram.